Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. So Indiana's got some happy hour back. Okay. Cool. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. I'm going to use this as a what they call a teachable moment. There has been an almost 40-year ban on happy hour in the state of Indiana. 40 years. But House Bill 1086 went to the governor's desk. It was a 38-10 vote. Bipartisan. Let's, let's hear it for that. Both Republicans and Democrats want to get blotto. They look at the political climate and says, yeah, nobody needs to remember this. So they banned happy hour in an effort to reduce drunk driving. <laughs> that wasn't reactionary. This is uh, so so um, as WTHR reports it. Uh, there there are restrictions. The time may not exceed four hours in one day and 15 hours in one week. And discounts cannot be offered between 9 p.m. and 3 a.m. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad about this. Of course, a, a bar or, or, or restaurant should be able to offer happy hour it, it, w- w- without, without question. Uh, here's the question. For all those blue line folk who think the state has absolutely no say whatsoever. No, I'm going to... I learned a lot. I learned so much from the people on social media who have shared with me their their wisdom. Producer Carl, do I sound like I'm sincere? Very wisdom. Sincere. It was it. Uh, Producer Carl, it was. I, I I felt like they 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 touched me with the secret knowledge. Uh, yes, in my special place. And what I can't say that. Are you uh, really? Um. All right. Fine. Fine. Hey, phrase it. Thank you. Uh, but here, here's what I, here's what I uh, am, am here to ask. If the state has no say, could a city have allowed happy hour to happen in their city, even though the state had said no happy hours were allowed? Just for all the people who think they have an understanding of small government. Do you think that the city of Indianapolis could have just allowed happy hour when the state said you're not allowed to do a happy hour? Once you start getting that under control, you'll realize that your blue line arguments don't actually work, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that in all the love and consideration that you gave me over the last 24 hours. Touching, touching, deep, deep in to the soul. I'm not going to lie, Producer Carl. They touched me deep. Hey, phrase it. No, that was fine. 
That that's standard. That that's like Hallmark Channel stuff. Don't don't give me that. Tony Katz, ninety three, WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Following the story here, you can get more at WIBC.com and, of course, on X, follow 93WIBC. There are a series of cell phone providers that were experiencing outages this morning. When I say a series, I mean all of them. Tony Katz, 93WIBC. Good morning. AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, U.S. Cellular, Consumer Cellular. They started after 3 a.m., And for some, this is still going on. You might see an SOS message, something like that. It is is happening everywhere. Why? Well, everyone's got a got a theory everyone's got a philosophy everyone will tell you see it was the it was the chinese well it's the russians it's an emp i have no idea i have absolutely no idea why this is taking place but it is of course when people don't have cell phone coverage it's a pretty big story we're going to uh follow it be sure to follow 93 wibc on x to get the latest you are paying a tremendous amount of money for food and you've known this we've discussed this which is which is again not new to you but it was interesting that the wall street journal did the math and noted that the last time americans spent this much money on food george hw bush was in office and I love how they remind us that we were listening to CNC Music Factory, which uh, right now, if, if, if you look at your parents, they're like, oh, CNC Music Factory. And, and, and one of them is, uh, is going to try and, and bust some kind of, kind of move. And then honestly, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie. They're going to they're throw a hip. Look out for your parents. Look out. They are going it, you're going to need you if you don't know how to drive you're going to have to figure it out cuz they're going to need a hospital and some traction. Everybody dance now. Now I'm not saying it was the greatest song of all time. But it's better than WAP. Oh, I could do this all day. If you look at Matt Bear right now, not in his chair. If you look at Matt Bear right now, he could have been one of the male dancers in this song. The food is very expensive. Can we get some focus, please? I don't need you reminiscing about your Zubaz pants. Just settle yourself. You and your Z Cavaricis. Full disclosure, I went to college with that guy's son. That was weird. I have no idea where he is today. Um, 
you are spending more on food, you're spending more at restaurants, more in a grocery store. This is what you know to be true. So why would anybody want to tell you that what you know to be true isn't? How does that work politically? Why does it work? How is it possible that there is a segment of America that knows it's paying more for everything and then says, it's okay. Why would they do that to themselves? That is very cult-like thought process. You should be asking why. Why are we paying more? Why are the labor costs so much more? Why are the shipping costs so much more? In 1991, the U.S. consumer spent 11.4% of their disposable personal income on food. That was data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So that's 1991. Here we are, three decades later, 2022 data, consumers spent 11.3% of their disposable income on food. It's a tremendous amount of money. And it is money that is then kept from being able to be applied in other places. This is what made the commentary, if we go back to Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, we broke this down in detail. This is what made her her statement about an increase in prices so absolutely despicable. Don't have to get the prices down because wages wages are going up and um, a a metric that is worth knowing is that the median American house worker um, is able to buy... You don't think we need to get these prices down? You think it's okay that bacon's up 20% under President Biden? Chicken's up 23.5%? Coffee's up 30%? That's Senator John Kennedy asking the questions. The hubris in that, the hate in that statement. We don't have to worry about the prices down because the wages are up. Somebody tell the Indiana Democrats that because all they talk about is the wages. It's one of the few conversations they have that are worthwhile conversations. Now, they never bring a solution. They just scream. But at least it is a subject worthy of discussion. And Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, therefore the administration told you, what are you bothering me with the silliness for? That is something else. Our economy is not doing well. But they want to tell you, uh, compared to everybody else, we're doing so great. I'll get into some uh, Joe Biden commentary uh, for the popcorn moment. Just an idea about how other nations are doing and how it will affect us. Germany has now slashed their forecast for 2024, and they think their economy is going to grow 0.2%. By the way, that's down from 1.3, which I think that anybody who spends time studying these things would argue is, is paltry at best. The economy is in tricky waters. This according to the uh, the economy minister of, of Germany. 
Well, that's, that's one way to put it. Now, just because something is happening in Europe doesn't mean it's happening here. And we don't compare ourselves to Europe. We deal with what's happening here. But we shouldn't deny levels of connectivity, just like when we see the issues in China and how they affect us with the goods that they're not producing. And one of the reasons oil prices have been down is that they have not been using as much because of their lockdowns and other economic issues. So that's not, hey, great, oil's going down. There's a reason for it, and that reason is a decrease in productivity. Germany is saying, yeah, we're not going to be productive this year. What level of effect does that have on us? And none of it matters if I'm spending way too much for food. You know, uh, the way I keep my kids alive. But the administration wants to tell you it doesn't matter. You have to decide if it matters. And then you have to act accordingly with your vote and tell your friend. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. A bust. The FD1023 is a form that discusses a uh, interview that took place where a claim was made that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden each got $5 million from Burisma. And the guy who made that claim is now being charged by the DOJ for lying. This is a longtime informant. Lying to the FBI and now making the claim that it was uh, part of uh, information he got from, was it Russian intelligence? Which, of course, has the left saying, you see, there's nothing to impeach Joe Biden on. It's all just ridiculous. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Uh, I asked for an investigation. It's what I always wanted. You've got these allegations. Go take a look at them. Never said everything was going to come out the way you wanted it to. But the idea that there isn't impropriety, well, with all due respect, there's checks, there's money, there's um, allegedly uh, repayments uh, of loans. You've got Joe Biden's brother who has been uh, testifying. You want to talk about a shady dude. The whole family. He uh, was testifying, uh, it was closed-door testimony, um, uh, allegedly has uh, contradicted himself in the testimony. He's uh, claiming, James Biden is his name, brother of Joe Biden, he has no involvement in the family's business dealings. Sure. Whatever it is you say, but there's a lot of questions about whether or not that's real. Does this investigation go on? I have no doubt that it does. Certainly somebody lying is a problem. We should also note that the form, the FD-1023, which we discussed here, 
was about an interview. It was a notation of an interview. And Christopher Ray didn't want to share the information who heads up uh, the, the FBI. James Comer had to threaten him with contempt in order to get just the form. That's crazy. But the form never stated that it was conclusive, just so we understand what that form did. As for uh, the brother, James Biden, making the claim that I never asked my brother to intervene on my behalf is different than whether or not his brother intervened on his behalf. That statement does not prove, uh, oh, you see, it didn't happen. No, 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 no. I have no doubt that the investigation will continue. But don't invent things. It either did or it didn't. And there's plenty there that's a problem. This guy uh, giving uh, false info, his name is Smirnoff. Yeah, that, that, that looks bad. Looking bad does not mean an investigation is over. I think it's good to know if somebody's lying so you can discount that material and focus on the rest. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. is going about its business. And I see people upset with a series of things. Everyone's got something to be upset by. One of these is Senate Bill 202, and I am trying to get an understanding of what it is we're dealing with here. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Um... Senate Bill 202 is about duties of state educational institutions, diversity committees, changes the appointment process of public universities board of trustees. This as reported by Olivia Ground over at the Ball State Daily, ballstatedaily.com. Change the process of tenure and change regulations for students or employees to, quote, submit complaints that a faculty member or contractor is not meeting certain criteria related to free inquiry, free expression, intellectual diversity, and establishes requirements regarding procedures. So I have a a series of questions. Is the argument here that we are engaged in a in in legislation that would remind professors and administrators that the political right is allowed to speak is 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 that it are we in, are are we talking about legislation that would remind uh, administrators and professors that your hatred of Jews or anybody else 
um, isn't the only thing happening on a campus. We have to ensure that everybody has a, has a voice. As uh, Spencer Deary put it, he is the author of this, uh, Republican uh, District 23. The rationale for the legislation, as reported, quote, to put in the code for the first time protections for tenured faculty against retaliation for the content of research or criticizing the administration or for academic freedom. So certainly I would ask, is, is this something that has that has happened? But I, I think the 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 larger question is, um, is it wrong to codify the idea? I'm a, less is more in 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 my world. I'm protected by the Constitution. I don't know if I need to be protected by anything else. I said this about Rifra, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. I, I I never would have signed that in the state of Indiana. I opposed it then. I'm protected by the Constitution. I'm good. The people in favor of RIFRA said uh, there is nothing wrong with in, in uh, codifying the protections in a world that desperately wants to shut religious people up. I understood their argument. I think my argument's a better argument. So Ball State, uh, the American Association of University Professors chapter, um, disagrees. They think that the legislation is going to limit their ability to teach content that may not be seen as intellectually diverse. It opens the door for increased authoritarianism. That's from someone named Jennifer Erickson. Higher education should be the place where we are able to fight that, and they are trying to take that away. Is 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 that what's happening? I think it's interesting to see college professors now opposed to diversity, but neither here nor there. I want to know where the where the, the 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 take on this is. Is is there really an issue with the very idea that we're going to ensure that people are allowed to speak out without retribution. I don't know why that's a bad thing. However, don't I want that from the university without any state interference? Can Ball State really say, hey, we do this? What about IU? (laughs) What about Purdue? Marion? Butler? (laughs) Butler, didn't Butler University go after the college Republicans for noticing the bigotry of other students on campus? Uh, the, the, the college Republicans were, were, were exonerated from the whole thing, and, and, and rightfully so. It's a very interesting piece of legislation. Now, the, the question that usually associated, that is usually associated with this is, does the General Assembly have the right focus? This is how the left always kind of phrases it. They don't have the right focus. They're not focused on the right things. It's always the culture war. Why don't they work on the right things? This is why we have to get rid of the uh, of the supermajority. First things first. Go ahead. Get rid of the supermajority. I think it would make them work harder. We've had a Republican supermajority for as long as I have lived here. I'm not quite sure what we benefit from it. I, I, I don't know. They, they don't seem to take on the super big fights. They take on some. They engage, they, they create others. 
But it's interesting, this piece of legislation. Well, and I would start with asking the left, do you support intellectual diversity? Do you support a college professor saying Hamas is a terrorist organization and if you support them on campus, you're disgusting? Do you support this? Because that professor knows they're going to have to look over their shoulder for the rest of their days. So I'm curious as to what you what you support in, in this conversation. We'll see how this progresses. We're going to follow it. Interesting. If you have thoughts, you have ideas uh, on X at Tony Couch or Tony at TonyCouch.com, I'd love to hear it.